inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, checking in with another um, episode of Doing Ministry Well. Um, we're again here just doing another quick interview in the U of N uh, cafeteria campus. So we've got, uh, I think this is a water machine turning on and off and birds chirping, but that's just how it goes. And uh, yeah, today I'm honored to have Dennis Ferringer on the show with us. Um, Dennis was my school of photography teacher back in 2008. and. Dennis, I've just uh, learned so much from you, and I really appreciate you. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Um, Dennis, I'm just trying to think of a specific story. Um, I really feel like the thing that I've really learned from you is just how to do things with excellence. I think that a lot of uh, just times in, in, in Christianity where we just kind of don't expect good things from God. And uh, I remember the first time just walking into the classroom and seeing just real uh, high quality photography equipment ready for the students and uh, just the, the staff that you brought in and, and yeah, you just really do things with excellence and it just really showed that you cared and that you believed the Lord for good things and that's something that I've really learned from you and I'm really honored to have been able to partake in. So thank you for that, Dennis. Thank you. Dennis, how long have you been doing uh, ministry? I've been in ministry in missions since 1974. I was involved in local ministry in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania with my home church before that. So it's been about 41 years total. Okay, excellent. And what are you doing currently? I'm leaving the School of Photography 1 and 2 here at the University of Nations in Kailua, Kona, Hawaii. And I appreciate your coming over from the island of Oahu to uh, come to our island, the big island here. Yeah. But I'm part of Youth of the Mission uh, by being with the University of Nations. So we're one of the locations out of more than 600 spots in over 165 nations mm -hmm. teaching right now in more than 90 languages. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's only English for me. Yeah. Um, excellent. Yeah, tell me a little bit about those. Uh, I mean, I know a little bit about these. But tell our listeners about those schools of photography. I don't know very many places in the world, Jim, where people can learn photography from a Christian viewpoint. Mm -hmm. In other words, if Christ were our contemporary, how would he treat people if he took pictures of people? If he ran a business, how would he run his business? What would be distinctive about him as a photographer? And I think sometimes I imagine what would my life have been like if I had been born in the Andes, Peru, before photography had been invented but had the same sort of giftings from the Lord. And I'm very grateful for the technology that we have today, but it's a question of do we use it for good or do we use it for evil? Right. So, I believe that because God's a communicator, he's called us to be communicators, and because he does things with excellence, although he's modest in the book of Genesis, <laughs> he said it was good, he said it was good, he said it was very good. Uh, God's very modest in that. <laughs> I think he's called us also to excellence in what we do for him and for others. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in your 41 years of ministry, what would you say one of the highlights has been in that time? Well, I think that one of my callings as a photographer is to try and show people that God is using regular people with regular jobs, and I, by regular jobs I mean just about any job that's not immoral, uh, can be used for the kingdom of God. Mm. And so I've met people who told me they were in missions because they had seen some of my photos. Mm. And I'm not dealing with hired models, I'm not dealing with people who look perfect in the world's terms of beauty. Uh, but when people can identify with someone who's a plumber, electrician, mechanic, uh, someone who can write well, uh, others' ministry skills. The reason why I'm in photography, as long as I have been as a, a Christian in ministry since 1974, is because I saw a list of over 200 skills that were needed in missions, and mm. twice on that list, not just once, photography was listed. Mm. Excellent. 
Uh, what would you say that one of the, the biggest struggles in ministry has been, and, and how have you overcome that? Well, I'd say for me there's two struggles. They might be uh, related. Martin Luther said that one of the biggest weapons that the enemy uses against us as believers in, in God, believers in Christ, is discouragement. Hmm. And I think we're all prone to that, but I think that there are times when you have to just keep putting one foot ahead of the next, whether or not you get accolades from other people or, hmm. or encouragement as, that you recognize as such. And that can be practical, it can be a hug, it can be finances, it can be an email that someone uses to show their appreciation. And especially the last few days as my class has been celebrating 40 photography schools in yeah. U of N, uh, I've gotten a lot of affirmation just in the last 48 hours or so from a variety of people, not just here locally, but around the world. But having grown up with two parents that were both perfectionists, uh, it's been a struggle for me because I look at verses that talk about be perfect as I am perfect. Some other translations say be mature as I'm mature. But the idea that I could never measure up to all the teaching that I've had in my life, and I've been a believer since I was five years old. It's been a long time. I'm still learning, still growing. But it's that aspect of, I could never measure up. My dad let me mow the lawn one time. I didn't meet his standards, so he never let me mow the lawn again. I wasn't exactly heartbroken about that. <laughs> but that was sort of typical of growing up, and unless I got all A's, I was being lazy. And so for me, it's been a struggle with perfectionism. And some people say that for a perfectionist, the first 90% of a job takes 90% of the effort, and the last 10% takes the other 90% of the effort. So I try not to in any way harm my students by making them feel as though they need to be perfect to measure up to some standard that I have. But it's been a relief to know that in God's eyes, he's more concerned about doing all things as unto him hmm. and not just pleasing people. Yeah. So, of course, if I'm doing pictures for someone else to use, I want to serve them well. But most of all, I want to serve well because of Christ's example. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, the show this is kind of the culmination of the show is, is these three questions. Or questions. It's just, what are three practical tips that you would give to our listeners on how to do ministry well? I think one of the things, particularly for us as Americans, having grown up with a heritage of independence or even rebellion <laughs> as a nation historically, is that I think that we tend to be uh, sometimes cutting ourselves off from others in the body of Christ, other mm -hmm. believers. And I know for me, having been involved in charismatic renewal since the early 70s, I began to see a breaking down of the denominational wall, so it really matters very little to me today what sort of background people come into in the body of Christ. But I think there's that aspect of being relationally tied to other people. Mm. Uh, I try to get staff and guest speakers who are very different from me. Mm. So the students have that advantage. In a lot of college universities, you'd have one person for a course, and if you had some sort of chemical reaction to them, right. just you know, suck it up, right. just tough, just, you know, grit your teeth and go through it. But I think there's an advantage in having uh, a variety of people that you're exposed to. And I think it's also important uh, to expose yourself to reading on the internet, other things like that, Christian magazines, to viewpoints you may disagree with. Hmm. And not just only be reading things that you already agree with. And I think that certainly when we see the life of the Apostle Paul, when he was in his day, he was aware of what the worldviews were, what the philosophies were. Right. He wasn't just in some sort of spiritual bubble, and certainly working on a Christian campus here, there is that risk for all of us, sure. uh, that we don't want to get out of the spiritual bubble where everyone loves and accepts us, and right. uh, 
Yeah. I just wanted to stay in that now and have heaven as in, you know, icing on the cake somehow. Mm -hmm. So I think those are a couple aspects. So with that, I think there's going to be that iron sharpening iron aspect that we read about Proverbs, that, that idea that when people are stressed, when I'm stressed, how do I respond? Am I going to be growing in Christ? Am I going to own up to my shortcomings? Am I going to look to him to help change me to be more like Christ? Mm. And I think that is something which is easier done in a situation like this where you have people with a common cause, with a common faith in Christ, mm. regardless of their background, how they came to Christ. But I think there's that aspect of how can we serve together despite what the world would see as sometimes insurmountable challenges. Yeah. And in our school right now, we have 10 student, we have 10 nations represented out of 16 students. Wow. My first student left today uh, for Nigeria, mm -hmm. going back to a country that's war-torn. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when he shares, when others share, you get a piece of their heart yeah. for where they've come from and what their part of the body of Christ has been like before they came to a place like this and sort of an idyllic, in any ways, an idyllic right, setting right. compared to a country at war. Sure. So there's that, that rubbing up against other people. How do you deal with that so you can use it for the sake of the kingdom mm -hmm. and not just some sort of self-help program where I want to be a better person, right. therefore I'm going to read this book, mm -hmm. read this article, or something else to be a better person. Right. I think a lot of it's going to come relationally. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, What's served as an inspiration lately? Has there been a book or a resource or something you've seen on YouTube? Anything? <laughs> what, uh, what's been really inspiring you lately? There's a lot of things that inspire me, but most of all, uh, as we were praying for each other in the School of Photography today before students leave here, uh, 16 students, five staff, uh, it's the aspect of seeing people as jewels hmm. and really having a sense of how God has already made them very special hmm. and being able to appreciate that. And by nature, I'm a very critical person and that's something that I've been trying to be uh, changing in. It helps to have a wife who can help me change in that. Most of all, the Lord helping me change. But to be able to appreciate the people around you and the giftings that they have, the strengths that they have. And there's a book that we've often used over the years in, in YMO called Strength Finders. And that can help you look at yourself and also how you relate to others in terms of what are your strengths rather than just your weaknesses. And I think often we tend to only look at ourselves and our weaknesses. And that can lead to some sort of Christian version of just self-centeredness. Right, right. Yeah, let's uh, let's just talk briefly about photography. I'm sure some of our uh, listeners are going to be interested in that topic. Um, if someone was really interested in taking the next step, um, obviously to do your school, they'd have to come and do a discipleship training school yes. and then do the school of photography. But what's just one practical step that you would uh, give people in improving their photography even? There's some better teachers than I who are online. And there's a guy named John Gringo who has taught for a website called creativelive.com out of Seattle. And I have tremendous uh, admiration for his teaching style and the content he's got. Uh, there's advantages and disadvantages to how people learn things. And I know that many of my students are mostly hands-on learners. And so for some people, just watching a video, even if they can watch it over and over again to try and get more of the content, that's probably not going to be the same as being in sort of cross-pollination sure. where students learn from others, I learn from my students, I learn from guest speakers. Uh, I sometimes joke with my students that when I bring in a guest speaker, and some of these people are some of the top Christian photographers in the world. I get them for my sake, and you can listen in if you want to. I, I say that kiddingly to them. But God's made me want to be a lifetime learner. And even though I didn't 
like school very much. Mm -hmm. uh, I find that when I want to learn something, nothing's going to stop me. Yeah. And so I want to have the same thirst for the, the Lord as I have for photography. But there's many, many different ways that people can learn. But if they simply watch a video, there's no one to critique their photos sure. in a constructive way and say, here's how you can improve what you have. Here's other ways of approaching that situation. And I think that's part of what people get through the interaction face-to-face. -face. Mm. Uh, a colleague of mine who had worked with us uh, for a time in the Netherlands was taking a correspondence course in photography. And this was in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. And he had no person to relate to face-to-face, -to -face. and of course this is long before the internet. Right. This is back in the days of telex, probably not even the days of fax machines. Yeah. So I wondered how much would I have learned if I hadn't had the face-to-face -face right. in addition to a voracious appetite for reading. Yeah. And I find that many of my students aren't very interested in reading books, even if they're only photos sure. in books. Sure. Huh. So I think there's that aspect of, okay, how can I learn, how can I grow? There are other courses available out there, and if people contact me, there's things that I recommend. Uh, the last course from John Gringo, which was 80 different videos, each about 20 minutes or a half an hour. I paid $49 for it because they had a Christmas special on the website. Normally $150, well, compared to paying $5,400 as a Westerner to come here, this is a big difference. Yeah, indeed. But even with the best of the teaching, there's always other aspects of how you can learn and grow. Sure. What do, you, what do you feel like God is doing in the area of photography as as ministry right now? What do you, what do you think is coming up? What, are, what should we be expecting to see? Well, I think that photography is a great tool for communication, but I'm wondering whether there's a, a large dose of narcissism that's coming with things these days with simply selfies. I've had some students that seem to take a majority of pictures of themselves. And so uh, it reminds me of a book cover from John Lennon years ago, I photographed the book in a bookstore window, and the title of the book was I, Me, My. And we're not immune to the pull of society, sure. and a lot of society is simply narcissistic. And some are saying that the boomer generation, more than some others, like the World War II generation, uh, is more just self-centered. And I think there's a risk for all of us to simply use our photography only for our own pleasure. Mm. What I try to emphasize in the School of Photography, one and two that I lead, is serving others through it. Mm. And as Bob Dylan sang in the song, you gotta serve somebody. And he points out, during his Christian phase at least, of his life, that no matter what you do in life, you're gonna be serving somebody else. Mm. And who is it that you're gonna be serving? Yeah. And so I wanna have my life where I can look back with very few regrets and say, I did what the Lord asked me to do. And in my case, being part of the body of Christ was being an I. Yeah. That's not to negate somebody who has an elbow or a knee or a thigh or a uh, chest, but uh, there's strengths and weaknesses with being an eye in the body of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Dennis, I've loved how your personality comes through uh, your photography. I like that you're just talking about your eye. I, I, you see things, and it shows in your photography. You find things that are that are quirky or funny that other people might not observe because they're not paying attention to details. And uh, I, I just love looking at your photographers that capture those Thanks. split second moments. Um, is there a specific photographer recently that's really been inspiring you that you've just been loving their images? There's a fellow who does a um, website, a blog, and I bought his book called Humans of New York. And I think a lot of street photography there, the aspect that it's not just hit and run, but he gets anecdotes from people's lives, mm. often things that are very deep that people share with them, even as a stranger. 
And I really enjoy street photography yeah. uh, more than landscapes or cats or you know, <laughs> other things that people can photograph. I sure. love being in the city, yeah. and I'm sort of stifled here in the city of maybe a town of maybe 25, 30,000 people. Right. Uh, in a few weeks, I'll be going to Perth, Australia, to the youth mission base there, the event location where our daughter has been serving about the last 11, 12 years. And I'll be teaching photography in a media art and photography discipleship training school. And so they'll have a, a certain group track, as they call it, out of the group that's total for the, the DTS students to be able to learn more about photography. And then while I'm there, I also have the chance to photograph their ministry on the streets, how they're meeting uh, the needs of, of hurting people in a, a city the size of Perth, much larger than Kailua Kona, where I'm living and working here for the last 26 years. Yeah, yeah, I can tell that you're really looking forward to that. Dennis, thanks so much for being on the show. Would you just uh, close our time here by praying for our listeners? Sure. Father, thank you that you've made us to be like you, and one of those ways is to be communicators. And I pray that you would help us to have an appreciation for how we can use today's tools, as well as the spoken word face-to-face, which is often the way that most people come to Christ. I pray that you'd help those who are listeners to use whatever camera they have, whether it's in their iPhone or whether it's a a point-and-shoot, whether it's a more expensive camera, that they would think towards serving others and even just if it's a matter of reflecting back to people their value by photographing someone else, taking the time to get to know them. I pray that they'd be able to be um, communicators more and more like Christ. And he didn't just have a standard speech. He didn't even have an elevator speech in 30 seconds. But you see that each person he relates to in ministry, we have a record that he's not just treating them as uh, an object for a formula or a recipe for coming to him, but he treats each person as an individual. individual. And I pray that as photographers, as listeners, uh, we would be able to see the value in others like that and realize they're probably going to be with Christ or apart from Christ for all eternity and to have a seriousness about the moments that we have in this life. Life is very fragile. So help us in that. Help us, help your listeners here, Father, to this podcast uh, to be able to grow to be more like you and not just for the sake of being perfect. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Dennis. You're welcome, Jim. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about Doing Ministry Well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestion on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjessasinjessicabaker.com. All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.